Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, welcome to another podcast week. Uh, this week we have Dr. Manuela Powell, and uh, you know if I butchered your name, you just jump right in and say it the right way. <laughs> it's Manuela, but you know you butchered Man- him way less than most. <laughs> Manuela, um, I love that we're connecting here. Um, I think I originally found you in Facebook, and then on Instagram, and then I thought, you know what? What a beautiful guest for the show for the listeners. Um, I think my exact words as I'm literally looking at them was, shall we record an episode called stop giving a shit what the mom police think about abortion? (laughs) I love it because I think we stop giving a shit to everything that the mom police thinks. Right. And your answer was, fuck yeah, we should. So here we are. That's what we're doing. Um, It's really funny because I am like, I don't know. This morning I was on fire. I was like all in totally energized. And then I hit like a crash wall mm-hmm. and I live in New England and it's really cold here. And I really don't like cold. And I was, I looked at my cabinet. I was like, I'm making Lipton noodle soup. Honest to God. I don't even know why it was in there. Like I probably bought it when someone had a cold like three years ago. And the reason this story is funny, because I was like, wow, what would the mom police think of this move? <laughs> I yeah, looked in noodle would have thoughts. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm all in for this moment on the Lipton noodle soup, no matter what the mom police say. So that made me giggle right before, right yeah, before we joined. Um, why don't you give an introduction that's like who you are, why you think you're here, like versus my introduction. And what you want to share, like with the audience, this like to get us started. Sure. Um, so first of all, thank you for having me here. This is fun. And um, as you said, my name is Manuela Powell. I have the doctor in front of it because I used to be a cancer surgeon. I used to be a breast mm. cancer surgeon, so always dealing with women issues. And I, after becoming a mom quite late, I had mm-hmm. my first at 42, my second at 44, mm-hmm. I decided that it was time to actually not do that anymore because I would not have time for my kids. I saw some yeah. of my colleagues that wouldn't see their kids for several days at a time, and I was just not down for that. Um, so very long story short, I finally found coaching after wallowing and what am I going to do with my life now um but after finding coaching I was like oh yes this is what I was born for this is so Uh. wonderful and (laughs) I started working with women because Mm -hmm. I noticed that in my own experience and I had a different niche until I realized what was going on with me which was I was always that badass person. I had been a firefighter. I was a cancer surgeon. And Mm. I was called intimidating many, many times in my life. 
And then suddenly I came across this picture of me and I, I was like, who is this person? Because mm. here mm. I was in my mom jeans and kind of trying to please everyone and you know mm. no sorry I want this thing sorry can I please go out with my friend which by the way my husband is great and he's always like just go do things I don't care but I'm treating him as if I'm you know out of the 50s and so I was like oh my god what is what's happening and I asked some of my friends and they all like yes I can totally see that and some people mm. noticed that and got out of it some of them noticed it by then when I asked them <laughs> and and then I decided to that that was what I was going to do because there's just so much judgment and it's just so much shit that we have to go through as women and then of course yeah. it just gets worse when you become a mom because then you're kind of yeah your yeah. role in life is this just serve yep. other people yeah when you said I found coaching did you find it personally or you found it as a profession and I think it was all the same time. angle yeah <laughs> so I was I was when I'm so I'm from Brazil. I met my husband here in the U.S. We moved to Brazil, had our kids there, and moved back here to the U.S. when I had a two-year-old and a two-month-old. Mm. So that was not fun. I did yeah. not recommend. Um, and I was still breastfeeding. It was just a basic shit show. And so, you know, there was a time of, like, adapting to all that. And and then, or like, what am I going to do with my life? And kind of, like, figuring that out. And after a good year... And I had like a job as like a medical translator or something. And for several reasons, I did not get my license here. Um, but my husband one day, very lovingly, very patiently, <laughs> said, why don't you find a coach? And I was so huh. clueless that I was like, I don't play any sports. Why would I find a coach? Yeah. He was like, no, like a life coach, like to help huh. you find, you know, something to do. And I was like, I am not familiar with that concept. Isn't that a yeah. scam or something? And let me go yeah. and look at it. Cause yeah, I'm the yeah, person yeah. I was like, let me go research it. And immediately when I started looking at it, I'm like, oh yes, I need to do this. And he's like, no, I said, hire a coach. I'm not going to be a coach. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll do both. <laughs> Badass. Go get her. <laughs> Yeah, and I wish I found it sooner because huh. really it's just I I am totally I totally drank the Kool-Aid and I yeah, just yeah. to everyone. Yeah, me too. I feel like when I found coaching, I was like, oh, somebody's putting I found Brooke Castillo like as a coach first, like in her podcast, The Life Coach School. Um and I felt like, oh, finally someone speaking the words to everything I've been thinking for, you know, 30 something years. Like I now, now I have something to latch on to. Um, and I loved what I did before too. I was not a, a firefighter or a surgeon, <laughs> but I loved what I did. I had birth work. I um, was in sales for a little while. It just, nothing felt like home quite like coaching. Like, oh, this is what I've been doing in all those other things. Yeah. Now yeah. it has its own name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a client who I use Voxer with my clients, like a voice texting app. And a client messaged me today. She was like, I heard you talk about on an episode how coach is the best descriptor you have, but not like maybe sums it all up. Like it's like the best of what's out there, but you're a lot of things. And she was like, you're like a GPS. <laughs> I was that. like, yeah, that is so cool. That's like the best description yeah. ever. I like, like saying I, like a, a, you, <laughs> when you have a coach, you have like a personal Yoda kind of. Yeah, 
just, <laughs> the first time I was just like, yeah, it doesn't tell you what to do. Just kind of like, just look at this thing. <laughs> right. right? So or even cool. a mirror. I love the image of a mirror. And I yeah. think we do that a lot for our yeah. clients because yeah. even as a client with my coaches, I feel that a lot because like we, you know, we know the tools and all that. So in theory, we would be able to deal with whatever stuff we have but then when you have someone your brain is not going to allow you to go there like you need no. someone else to just like let me just point this one thing out and yeah. whatever you think I'm not saying anything but just like this is what you just said <laughs> right. just look at it for a second my favorite weeks are the ones where I like keep coaching clients on the same thing like people pleasing will keep coming up or boundaries will yeah. keep coming up yeah. or like just like keeps like themes and then I'll get on a call with my coach and it's like, I'm a mess. And I circle <laughs> back around. She's like, leads me to that very thing. I've been coaching everyone yeah. else on all oh, week. Yeah. I'm like, oh, of course. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't see it was totally happening to me too. But yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, thank you for being here. Um, thank you for being a coach in the world. Um, I remember my early mom years really well, like all the play groups and the, like, I was totally in stay at home mom zone and there were mom police everywhere. Yeah, I, bet. I have no idea how I would have navigated my abortion in that time of my life, but I think I probably would have hid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah unfortunately most mom culture and I'm like air quoting because I don't you know I'm just totally generalizing and sharing my experience there's not a lot of depth partly because there's not a lot of time for depth right like you're at a play date and it's like survival 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 you don't like get into the like juicy conversations. And I think I would have felt like there was no room to talk about the complexity of what abortion was for me, but I don't know, who knows? I mean, I'm not, it didn't happen then. It happened much later. Um, but I'm sure a lot of listeners are sort of immersed in that world. Many, many mothers choose abortion after they've had children, maybe they even have a baby when they get pregnant or, you know, they can barely keep up with the kids they have or the finances they have. Um, most people who choose abortion are already mothers. So I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are feeling that mom police world and fear and judgment. So do you want to share some of your thoughts about what they may be wanting to hear from you? Yeah, I think, first of all, what you said about hiding, I think that's yeah. the route that most of us will go with these things because, yeah. and of course, a lot of times, you know what, that's the best way to go. Cause like, why would you get into a whole thing with right. this mom from school that you couldn't care less and you're, yeah. you're just like having a play yeah. date is not someone you would, that you connect with or anything. So like, fine, you don't like, don't necessarily have to talk about everything with everyone. Yeah. But if someone who you connect with, I think it's, it, it becomes more of a problem when you hide it from everyone and mm -hmm. including yourself because a lot of times you're just like oh yeah that happened let me forget about it because people in your life that know about it will kind of like I don't want to talk about that right like it's it's that whole 
And of course, it depends if you're already a mom, if you have a partner, if you have a support system, or if you have it when you're really young, which was my case. I was young and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to tell my mom because she's going to freak out. Yeah. And when I finally told her many years later, she's like, oh, thank God you didn't tell me because at the time I, would, I, would, I wouldn't hmm. be ready to, to yeah. hear it. So it depends. But as an adult, as a mom, as a person who was like, I can make my own decisions and stand by them, not as a, well, I'm a stupid child who just did the stupid thing and now I have to deal with it. I think it's, you know, it, if you have that friend or that person in your family that you you feel a connection to and you want to share parts of you, I think it's it's helpful to, first of all, kind of check if they're into having that conversation. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, hey, I have something very personal to share and I really would love some support and whatever. And do you think you're available for that? And you mentioned boundaries before, and this is very important. If you already have that practice of having boundaries and having open relationships or like open conversations with people so that they know that if they actually don't want to have that conversation, maybe they, they won't, right? And, and it's being okay to also like, no, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know, I have political views, religious views that are different, and I don't want to burden our relationship with that, which is valid. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's okay. Um, so I think it's really finding, first of all, in you, it's like, how do you feel about it? Are you mm -hmm. feeling shame yeah. and guilt and all mm -hmm. of these things? And what would help you ease that? And I think mm -hmm. things like what you're doing, which is just normalizing it, are so important. And I'm so glad that these days we talk so much about it. Unfortunately, yeah. where I live, we talk in a very negative way because I live in Texas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just absolutely maddening what's happening here because a lot of women don't even have that choice anymore. Right. So in a sense, I think it might be also useful because then we have, okay, now we have to have this conversation. We have to have a bunch of people coming and say, hey, no, this is, this is, first of all, our choice and our decision, definitely not the government's decision. And it's a thing that so many of us have to either have to go through or decided to go through. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why is this such, such an issue? I don't know. I really like to me, it just boggles the mind. I like how, you know, the whole controlling women thing just get to be yeah, it's so Such a thing that we're okay like, with. <laughs> I know we're so conditioned. All the systems are set up for to be in someone else's control. But then we end up also controlling each other because we're not talking about it together. Like not yeah. only do we now have governments and systems and like politicians and men in power <laughs> controlling our bodies, but like we're also like controlling each other by not talking about it like we're thinking we're like well I don't want to um, burden people with my story I don't want them to have like feel uncomfortable I don't want them to not know what to say I don't we're like craving connection and support yeah. and we're like all worried about the other people all the time and like and it's just yeah. all of it we're like forget it I'll just hide I'll just not yeah, and that's why I think it's you know you you have to foster these relationships about everything like right yeah. like if you never had a, a, 
a deep conversation with a person. You just talked about the weather and whether your kid, I don't know, woke up in the middle of the night or, or didn't. And then suddenly you're like, oh yeah, by the way, let me tell you about my work. Like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, wait, right, what? Right. <laughs> I don't know about this. So, you know, I think it is something that I always said. I think the world really needs a lot of difficult conversations. Yeah. And even in, in shows, like we were watching Ted Lasso last night, which I freaking adore and everybody should watch. And, you know, there's some characters that are going through this thing and that thing. And I'm just like, I look at my husband, like that would all be solved if they had a conversation, if they could just right. like talk to each other. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I think that's true for so many things and definitely for these quote unquote difficult subjects that are how people might have opinions. Yeah, people have opinions for sure, but they have opinions about everything. They have opinions about, you're saying, oh, you hate the cold. I love the cold. I'm li- here in Texas sweating <laughs> and they're cold. It's like, yeah, we have opinions about all of the things. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay to have an opinion and have a conversation, even with, if we don't have the same opinion. Yeah. With like an open mind, like, well, let me hear your side of the story and see what I think. Not just, um, this is how I was raised. I heard so much of this and just drives me bonkers when people say oh but you understand right this is just how I was raised I'm like no I was raised like that too and I was able to at some point in my life I was like oh wait is this how I want to think no okay yeah (laughs) think something different right you don't have to do that just because it's what you always did so I think it's everything I don't think it's you know it's it's just having all the conversations and I with such divisiveness that we live these days it's like it's almost like if you say something that I don't immediately agree with, we're going to have a fight. This is going right. to get ugly, which is not necessarily true. Like you can have, you can have amazing conversations and don't change anybody's mind, but just be a little more, Hey, we're both human. We both think about things in different ways. And let's just try to see a little bit more how the other person thinks. And, and if there's anything that, you know, not change my mind, but just open my mind a little bit more. Yeah. So if you're anticipating sharing with other moms in your life and you're trying to navigate like this who and when, um, the answer is, I mean, the answer is so often just curiosity, right? Like being curious, being open. Um, I'll, I do agree with what you said, like how to make sure you've checked in with how you feel about it first. And also like, what, what do you think you want from the person that you might share with? Absolutely. Cause if you want, want them to approve you so that yeah. you feel okay about it, yes, that is a totally different thing. And I'm about my personal experience. I had abortions when I was like 18, 19, whatever. Like I was yeah. super young. And I I actually lost my virginity when, it, when I was 18. So it was like immediate. And um, why did I start saying that? Just lost completely my train of thought. Come back. You're like, no, body, we're talking <laughs> oh, about yes, abortion. Yes, no, I remember why. <laughs> I remember why. Exactly. I was like, oh my God. Um, so I had been raised in Catholic country not specifically like my parents were not super catholic but like my father was a little bit his family was you know very catholic but it was not like but just being in the you know i had that thing around me which is like this is wrong this is not okay you cannot do it and then i go and do it and for most part of my life that defined my life i was convinced because i think i was so young i was convinced 
um, that I would not have a family. That was just not for me. Mm-hmm. And I think actually that that was something that propelled me to be such a successful person in my career because I was like, well, since this is not going to happen, I'm just going to work like crazy. And I'm, I know I remember having that thought. I know I'm going to be very successful in my career, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to have a family. Like this was just a thing that I believed. And mm-hmm. then after, you know, doing a lot of work, I I connected to that. So it really defined my life for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was very, I was convinced that if I tried to have, have kids, either I wouldn't be able to, or something horrible would happen, mm-hmm. you know, so, because of course I need to so be common because of this. Yeah. So common. Right. So I think it's like, if I would tell people, it would be like, can you tell me this is okay? And I'm fine. And actually that's not going to happen. Although nobody could tell me anything that would change that. It was only right. me doing my own work. about that that actually change it but if you what you want from other people is yeah just approve of me and tell me it's going to be okay first of all spoiler alert it's not going to work not going to work you have to do that yourself even if they tell you what you want to hear whatever yeah (laughs) they can tell whatever you you how many times your friend told you you're beautiful and perfect and amazing and how many times did you believe them (laughs) totally so it doesn't come from outside it comes from inside so really i think uh, more important than telling other people is really like you figuring out like you talking to whatever person it is that you, like either a therapist a coach a counselor a good friend your partner whatever it is to kind of really get around that in your head mm-hmm. either before and during and after like all during the whole process of it by like making sure and a lot of times we don't have a lot of time to make that decision so that can feel like it's a post uh like post act kind of thing but like it's it's doable you can still you know like get to terms to whatever even if you regret it you can still forgive yourself for having done something you regret because it's okay we're humans we didn't screw up that's fine yes yes so I have a lot of listeners and a lot of clients who do have abortions in a at a younger age um a lot like early twenties and they have that fear of like, I'm, if I get, if I get, well, A, I won't be able to get pregnant or B, I'll be punished. Do you, because you brought that up in your own personal story, do you have words of wisdom for those listeners who are in that state of like, I've done this now I've ruined my life. I'm doomed and I will never have a happy family. Yeah. Is that true? Is that true? Who decided that's true? Where is that said? (laughs) And you might say in the Bible, um, uh, okay, again, who wrote it and who translated it a billion times and like God didn't email the Bible down, right? Like, this is what I think. These are my thoughts. That's not how it happened. Like some bunch of white men like wrote that thing and translated to oblivion and like whatever it says there, you can interpret that in whatever way you want. So even if it, you know, your religion and whatever, if it's not, you know, any Christian, Christian religion, whatever it is, like, where does it say that? Because there's plenty of evidence in the world that bad things don't necessarily happen to bad people and bad to good right? like there's no there's none of that evidence right if you're super good your whole life and I saw that so much as a breast cancer surgeon because yeah breast cancer, cancer patients are usually super healthy and young right. and they did everything right in all that yes. stuff they're healthy they exercise and here they are with this horrible thing right so it's like 
that's that's not a correlation. So where else in your life have have you absolute evidence that that is not true? Because that is the simplest way to like, no, it's not true. That is, even though that was hammered in your head, yeah, in whichever way it was, that is not true. That is not what you know. A lot of times, what's going to define how if you're going to have kids or not, and if they're going to be great or not, or whatever, it's just like luck basically and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things involved that don't involve anything that you did particularly yeah why do you think we as humans like to believe stuff like that I think it's like it's very unsettling to not know yeah and so if you can find a reason then you can categorize yeah and if if you can categorize you have control and if you have control then you can prevent other terrible things even if it's for bad stuff we prefer knowing yeah i've been noticing this a lot because my six-year-old is um for a year now has been talking a lot about what happens after we die yeah yeah and he is very emotional and that is something that just like boggles his mind because i you know what they're part of my husband's family who was very religious and they tell him things that i already asked them not to because i just can you just wait until he grows up because it gets very hard to you know explain and this is not how we raise him so when he came to ask if we go to heaven after we die i said okay i have something to tell you and i it's, it might be hard to understand, but here's the truth. Like nobody knows what happens after we die. And if anyone tells you they know, they are lying. They might believe that's what happens, but that's just their belief. It doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. And that to him is the worst thing. He gets so frustrated about that because he wants to know, he doesn't care if it's a horrible thing. He just wants to. (laughs) And the reason, the way we made him stop crying or not made like helped him like kind of grapple with it one day was we talked about, you know, some people believe this, some people believe that and some, you know, you can go to heaven, you might be reincarnated as whatever and blah, blah, we're telling and then I think my husband said something like, yeah, you can believe whatever you want. You can't believe yes. you just like go to a city that's all made of candy. And then he stopped crying and looked at him and it was like, oh, lollipop city. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so when we yeah. die, can I believe that I just go to lollipop city? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So that was like, oh, okay, now I'm cool. Like I'm, I have something. Totally. But like the thing of like, yeah. I don't know is very hard. Yeah. I, um, I often talk about my abortion as a baby. I had my abortion after I had three kids. So like, it didn't matter that I was six or seven weeks. Like when I was six or seven weeks with a wanted pregnancy, it was a baby. So when I was six or seven weeks with an unwanted pregnancy, it was still a baby. Anyway, my point is I, oh, I talk about her. I named her. I feel like I have a relationship with her. And I say to all my clients, I'm like, I don't know if this is made up, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> right. It yeah. makes me feel better to, to believe that she supports this journey on I'm on that she's helping me do this work. Like, this is my lollipop city. And like, yeah, I'm all for exactly. it. Like we get to believe whatever we want to believe. And how does it serve us? So is it serving yeah. you to believe that you will be punished or or that your mom friends are going to hate you and judge you and never want to hang out with you and keep your kids away from each other. And like, what, what do you want to believe about it all is such a yeah. powerful thing to consider. Yeah. And again, you don't have to go to the PDA meeting and say, Hey, by the way, I had abortion, <laughs> right? Like it, that's not necessary unless you're like, you can and nobody can, <laughs> your decision. 
but I just feel like if you want to like not if you're not ready for that if you're worried that you're gonna be judged and people are gonna say whatever they're gonna say because like I didn't tell the world until it was like I really honest to God do not give two shits about what anyone thinks mm-hmm. and again as I said I have good part of my husband's family who I love and adore who are very very religious and they yeah would not be down with this and I remember when I told my mom that I was gonna share a bunch of things about my life um I told her what things there were someday she didn't know <laughs> she was very concerned about this one in particular because yeah. she was like what what happened like what are they gonna think and I was like yeah. you know what I mean they're gonna think whatever they're gonna think yeah that's all I them. can't control that but like I am not gonna be more like I don't I like I'm not gonna change because of what they will think I already mm-hmm. don't like this already happened in my life and I already don't and the fact that I'm just going to disclose it to me doesn't change anything, but I have done all the work to get here. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you're still like, oh, if so-and-so thinks this or that, I might feel bad. Maybe it's not time for you to go around telling yeah. people. Yeah, right? totally. It's just like time for you to work on that and see um, how, what is it, what is that you have to, to still heal inside? Yeah. Yeah. I think sharing or not sharing is very much like, is this mine and intimate and special? And I don't really want to talk to other people about it because I don't really care what they think. Yeah. Don't need their opinion. Or do I want to share? Am I interested and curious to have this conversation with people? Like it's got to come from a place that's like really deep and centered. Um, yeah. Although there's people like me. <laughs> Jake's all kinds, right? Like I feel like sharing and talking about it publicly was a part of my healing journey like it forced me to face the feelings it forced me to deal with the judgment it forced me to make my own decisions so there's also no wrong way to do it sure before you're ready and you'll learn exactly what you need to learn from it um don't share it all and I think you do need you need a lot of like you need your skin needs to be a little thicker if you're gonna go that way and I I know some I I mean I have friends that were like they would just have not be able to function if yeah you know they were uh if people in their lives who love them would stop loving them or at least outwardly stop loving them or shun them or whatever because of that and that would happen we know we have that happens right because people just have those ideas and they there are some people who are just like well oh you did this thing so now I I don't like you anymore and I'm just not going to have you in my life and and that can be really hard so Mm -hmm. as you said there's no right way no and you just really isn't you have to (laughs) to decide but I think you know, if you're there, I think sharing and talking about it is great because then there's so many people that, you know, will hear that and will see, oh, okay, I'm not ready to share, but I can see that I'm not alone and that I'm not yeah. crazy yeah. for having these thoughts or for being afraid or for, yeah. for all the things that we think, you know. Do you remember how you felt after you did share? You shared a really beautiful um, Facebook post recently. I can't remember if that was the first time you yeah. shared in that way or not. I think it was the first time I share like specifically. I don't, I never hit it like, or at least in my adult life, I didn't yeah. hide it, but I didn't necessarily talk about it like openly. Yeah. So that I had a, um, I decided to specifically talk about it. I was like, hey, this is how ha- this happened. And it was not even just one, it was yeah. more than one. Yeah. So because yeah. that was, that was a part that was hard for me because like, okay one is like okay you can kind of let it and 
but then yes. you know and having one of them had had been a product of what at the time I did not realize was sexual assault but totally was because it was yeah. my boyfriend so it was like mm-hmm. I can't you know so there's just so much in there yeah yeah that I was like I I feel I want to share because I know there are people who who might have had a similar experience and might mm-hmm. be thinking a lot of things right I honestly had I think it defined a lot of of me and not in a good way and sure you can say oh but then you became successful yeah sure but like I mean I could have done that without having all that trauma <laughs> yeah you yeah. know and I don't regret anything I think it was perfect and yeah. I had kids late and I met because I met my husband super late he's way younger than me so I couldn't have met him before because he wouldn't yeah. be <laughs> <laughs> so you know everything worked perfectly but yeah uh you know I, I just think it's talking about it if you're ready to to hear whatever or just to ignore because my my view is just like yeah if you say something that I don't like I can just completely ignore you I right don't have right to I don't owe you a response no yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. um what are some of your favorite things you talk about with your clients um or tools that you use that you think might be helpful for a listener in their post abortion experience I think it has to do a lot with uh that whole like what other people think which in a way is you know the whole non-police thing yeah um kind of thing because I think as women we are very conditioned to have this we have to behave a certain way we have to look a certain way we have to blah 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 all these things and I think that is all about what other people think right it's not about how you feel right like it's for instance if you're I don't know if you okay I gained 15 pounds during the pandemic I I'm fine like I don't necessarily want to lose that way because like I don't want to have to restrict myself like okay I'm cool yeah but I had to you know listen like hey oh you gained some weight like "Mm, are you okay I'm like yep totally fine yeah. I made humans with this body I'm perfectly okay <laughs> right my body is perfect I don't want to you know and I eat healthily I am everything is fine so like do I want to I don't know let me go and lose weight because I want to look good for other people or nothing wrong with doing it for yourself like I think there's a lot of that so mm-hmm. one thing that I work with them a lot is just how to really be able to make your own decisions and stand by them and have your own back Mm -hmm. oh so good (laughs) yeah because like it's it's really hard and especially if you live in you know in a big city and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. people who look very put together and everything looks fine I look at her life he she has like all the kids but every they all look great and I'm like you don't know what's going on inside that person's life head whatever so I just think that is one of the most difficult, the most uh, freeing things we can do, which is just like, it really doesn't matter. What I like to think is just like, there is no other people. (laughs) It's all a version of us. So, you know, to me, like it gives me, since we don't know, right? We have no clue. So (laughs) what I like to think is like, you know, let's think and I saw a perfect way to describe this the other day it was uh, a meme a guy say oh my four-year-old asked me uh told me hey do you know that if you cut a worm in half then you have two worms because they just like they go about their lives and if you cut then you have four and so on and so forth and the boy was like what if there's just one worm 
I would just cut and cut and cut. Mm. I was like, yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That's exactly what I think. That's <laughs> how we are. Just All a part of this giant collective. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, <laughs> if that's true, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm just going to do my part and whatever other, the other person is doing is like their part. And I have no business in mm. saying anything about that. Mm-hmm. Even with my kids, which is the most hard part, the hardest yeah. part, obviously. Yeah. Because you want your kids to do certain things. And they yeah. Might not. <laughs> That's a good, like, when I take care of me, I take care of everybody too. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in the immediate way, if you are a mom, like if you take care of yourself, you do take care of everybody because if you, you know, the more taken care of you are, the better it's going to be for everyone. And that I'm absolutely convinced of. And I see it all the time with myself, with my clients, my friends, everyone. Yeah. Right. The more, the more we, we, we give think, to ourselves. I think that factors into the abortion decision too. It's like, mm. we make a decision that's in the highest good. And sometimes it's hard. Like it's just in the highest good of me, of my family, of my future, of the planet. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't always make sense why it's hard, but oftentimes it's it's just because it's in the highest good. It's like yeah. sometimes we have to do things that are hard for for the highest good yeah. and like for the collective to take care of all of us. I would say, as you're saying, I have goosebumps because <laughs> I think it's always the case. I think everybody who has ever done abortions, like, of, of course, they're not like, oh, I'm going to do this because it's fun, because I love it. Like, it's yeah. cool. Like, what? Like, no, nobody likes having abortions. Like, it's not, right? It's like, we like having the option when we sure. need it, but we're not, but like, not like, I, what I are you doing next week? I'm going to get pregnant and then yeah, I'm going to so go to a abortion. clinic. So I don't think, I think it's always whenever anyone makes that decision, it's always from that place. Like this is going to be better for, yeah, for all everyone of us that's involved. So, you know, yeah. I think if we look at it that way, it's such, it's such a more, even compassionate way to look at it. Yeah. And I don't have to understand. You don't have to agree or understand like, because the person's it's kind of like kind of boundaries, right? You're about, I don't have to agree that your boundaries are like, it's just like what you want and what you need. I don't have to, there's, it's not a core debate. So whatever that person feels, this is for the best. Yeah. It's not for other people to say, no, it wasn't. Well, right. you're, you're yeah. not the person who's going to have to carry the pregnancy and then have the baby and all that stuff. Like you have, no, there's really nothing. Yeah. Anyone else can, can make the decision. Of course you can, you know, you can advise and talk and all that if, if with an open heart and loving way, but like the decision has to be from, from the person who's carrying it. Yeah. Yeah. When you said it earlier, make your own, <clears throat> excuse me, make your own decisions, have your own back stand by them, stand by the decisions you've made. I was like, that's the formula. I feel like (laughs) I mostly work with and connect with people who come to me after their abortions, but sometimes fairly frequently people come to me as they're making their decision. Mm -hmm. And that is like, that's my advice every time is like, make your own decision, have your own back stand by yeah because and and this is I think this is one of the things that as coaches we help people so much which is the whole making decisions thing because and as a doctor that happened for instance when someone would come someone who had a small cancer and they would say you can have a you know breast conserving their surgery or you can have a mastectomy yeah these are both options they're both the same 
in terms of survival and you know as the as far as the cancer goes and so many times people would ask me what would you do what would you right. tell your mom to of course. do yeah yeah and I mean, my answer, it would always like, I'm not you. It doesn't matter what I think and what I would do. Because for instance, I can talk about two different patients. One that was like in her 60s and had a mammogram. Every time she had a mammogram, she would have a biopsy. So she's like, no, she had a small cancer. She's like, I just want a double mastectomy because I never again want to have a biopsy. I'm done with this. I'm done. I can't have this anymore done. Okay, so that is the perfect decision for you. Go have a double mastectomy. Yeah. The other one, who was young and and was like you know what if i lose a breast i don't see myself as a woman anymore which is a whole other story but anyway it's like you know what why would you have a mastectomy that makes no sense at all why would right. you do that so for that person this is right this is the decision yeah and then once you make that decision you have to know that there's not going to be a point where you're going to see oh yay you got it you did the right one there's you're not going to have no that. no because it might be tempting to think that it might be tempting oh i should you know because of this it means yes. that the other one was right I'm like no that does not mean that at all yeah <laughs> the decision you made was the right one because it was the one you made that's it done never look back and i know it's easier said than done but yes you know in every single big decision you make that's how it is like you just it just is you just have to decide yeah it's it's like you're human before your abortion and you're human after so it's a guarantee you're gonna question your decision you're gonna wonder if you made the right one you're gonna what if you're gonna and the only way through it all is have your own back have your own back (laughs) Exactly. exactly yeah yeah so good. All right. Well, any last thoughts that you want, you feel like someone needs to hear before you, before we close this episode? Yeah. Just because you had one abortions or five abortions or however many, it doesn't mean anything about you. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything about you. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. You're beautiful. You've got this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's go get them all right well where can people find you well the Where's easiest the place mm-hmm. is my website which is mm-hmm. manuelapowell.com okay and i am dr manuela powell on all the things yeah i hang out on facebook mostly instagram too and tiktok and all the places but facebook is like my home base <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> And I love to connect to people. So if you want to come and say, if you listen to this and you want to connect with me, please yeah. just find me and say hi. I that. Good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Until next week. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.